You're listening to Tap Into The Truth. My name's Joe Biden. All of this, as more than half of Americans think President Biden will go down as one of the worst presidents in American history. I keep forgetting I'm president. To the truth. Hope you're having a fantastic day wherever you are and whatever you may be doing, with all the usual caveats, of course. But as always, I am your ever so humble and, you know, mostly peaceful host, Tim Tapp, and I am coming to you from historic, lovely, beautiful, scenic Roan County, Tennessee. And again, weather just a little too nice. Uh, tomorrow, we're going to pay a price for that nice weather. Is Storm front comes in. We're going to get all the way up to nearly 80 degrees. Uh, expect to break 80 degrees in a couple of places, but it's also going to come with very strong winds, terrible storms, and all this wonderful stuff that, you know, just makes you wonder what the point of having a good day is if that's the price you have to pay. Except that's just not always the price you pay. 
Uh, that little applause coming in at the end. I'm never quite sure if that's applause for uh, Matt Fitzgibbons and his great song or applause for me about to get started. My guess is it's more for Matt. And speaking of Matt, uh, one more time, I'd like to remind each and every one of you, if you like that song, if you like the song at the end of the show, uh, if you like uh, a majority of the music that I actually play uh, the most of, uh, then uh, that's pretty much usually all Matt Fitzgibbon stuff. He's been very kind to give me permission to use it. And uh, I like to try and send folks his way as uh, kind of a thank you for being so nice to me. So I want to take a moment to invite you to please, as time allows, go visit PatriotMusic.com and check out all of his work. He's got a lot of great stuff. All right, let's, uh, let's look to getting into action, shall we? Today we've got polls that are showing that the American people just aren't buying what Joseph Robinette Biden Jr. is trying to sell. We've got AOC, who's missed being in the headlines for a bit. Uh, she's leading calls against Clarence Thomas. Yeah. Uh, intellectual. Uh, yeah, she's not exactly a giant. All right. We've also got Biden at odds with his staff once again. It seems that he's disagreeing with the messaging from the White House. You know, we talked a little bit about that last time. And before we end uh, the show, I do want to talk a little bit about what Whoopi Goldberg had to say about the reason why the folks at the Oscars didn't remove Will Smith immediately after the smack heard around the world, which is something that, you know, after we had gotten together this last time, they literally found out that that had occurred uh, just a few minutes after I was off air. Had no idea previous to that, because like a lot of you, I didn't even know the uh, the award show was on. That's how bad it's gotten. This did end up being the second worst rated show. The second least watched Oscar awards ceremony. You know, they're handing out the Oscars. Nobody's paying attention. And you know, it has a lot to do with the fact that they've become overly political and they've become a bunch of obnoxious douchebags that are just showing up to, to pat themselves on the back and remind themselves why they're so much more superior than, say, you and I, and yet they continue to demonstrate behavior that they would condemn for any one of us. I uh, don't really want to get too deep into that conversation. I have enjoyed a lot of the memes. Uh, a lot of them are pretty funny. I was saying some stuff myself early on. In fact, one of my earliest social media comments was, is it wrong that I now want to see a G.I. Jane 2? The answer, that, the answer to that, of course, is yes, it's very wrong, because I never really wanted to see G.I. Jane the first time. And yet I did watch it, and I felt even more confident in my desire not to have seen it after I had. And that's not a crack on the actors that were involved. Uh, the actors, they did their best, but it was a crap story. I mean, sorry, all you woke folks out there that think, well, why, why was that? It was just a crap story, okay? It's just that simple. Lots of things wrong with that story. If we were doing the uh, Everything Wrong with G.I. Jane in 15 Minutes or Less video series, um, I would be hard-pressed to make it 15 minutes just because I would start talking faster than Ben Shapiro. 
I would be trying to fit it in and get it over with because I wouldn't want to keep showing you the footage from the movie that would have to go with uh, by consideration for you. All right, what do you say we get started? Uh, I, <laughs> I, I really suspect this is going to play itself out. I, I'm not a fan of what Will Smith did. Uh, I have been a fan of Will Smith for a majority of his career. When he first came out as the Fresh Prince, hanging out with DJ Jazzy Jeff, uh, as his rap career extended, once he got into acting, I, I've been a longtime fan of Will Smith, and a lot of his work is exceptional. It really is. And I hate that he's come to this point. But at the end of the day, this was bad behavior, and, I, and I'm not buying the formal apology. I'm not buying into it. Uh, I'm not 100% sure why Chris Rock just kind of walked away, other than the fact that I guess, guess he thinks it might be unmanly after having having the gonads to tell the joke from there. Uh, and I still firmly believe he had no idea about the apicia. Is that the medical disorder? Don't think he had any idea about that. I haven't heard an official remark on that yet, and that shows you that it's probably out there. I would say Chris Rock probably came out almost immediately and told us if he knew ahead of time or not. I'm pretty sure he didn't. But that's how much I've cared about this story. I only know what's being force-fed into my news uh, outlets here. It's like, get this out of my media feeds. Get this off of my text messages. I don't care. I mean, I cared that it was such a bad example. But anyway, let's get started. Uh, some of the things that we want to talk about today has a lot to do with the malarkey, I'm going to use Biden's term here, that he's been shoveling on top of all of us, well, you know, well, basically for the past 50 years plus, but uh, really uh, shoveling it on very thick since things started in Ukraine as Joseph Robinette, uh, he's tried to put so much of his own failures on to Vladimir Putin. It's Putin's fault. It's the Putin price increase. It's Putin's fault. Well, there's some good news here. I know an overwhelming majority of the people that were polled are not listeners of this show. I know that a lot of the people that ended up being polled for this poll that I'm going to discuss with you here momentarily actually aren't even conservatives. A large percentage of folks just they see it for exactly what it is because their memory is not as short as the Biden administration would like for you to be. At any rate, there's recent polling that shows that very few Americans, in fact, are buying all of the excuses that the Biden administration is making for the high inflation. And instead, they put the blame right flat square on Joe Biden and his policies, which is exactly where it belongs. Now, this particular poll, it was an NBC News poll, and it asked Americans who they thought was to blame for the high inflation that they're suffering under and offer some of the culprits blamed by the president and his supporters as possible answers. I see that's how you know it was mainstream legacy lame media because they still refer to Biden as the president, whereas I 
think I hit it right on the head when I called this current administration Operation P-Pads and Knee-Pads. But anyway, among the options that were listed for this poll, Biden and his policies were blamed by a plurality of Americans polled at 38%. Now, only 28% blamed the coronavirus pandemic. Another 23% blamed corporations raising prices. And, uh, you know, right about 6%, just barely getting there, blamed Vladimir Putin and his invasion of Ukraine while Russians are looking for moose and squirrel. Over the recent months, of course, uh, the Biden administration in its entirety has attempted to place the blame on the invasion of Ukraine. They have tried to blame it on the greed of meat conglomerates and, uh, of course, the inevitable price gouging that comes with that greed. They've also tried to blame the pandemic for the high inflation eating away at American savings and wages. Now, this very same poll, it found that the president's approval rating has dropped to 40%, while an astounding 55% disapprove of the job that Biden is doing. My question is, who are these other folks that are still approving of this job? How far up their own bums do they have their head placed? I mean, this is still much better numbers for Biden than he deserves. Anyway, when they were asked about the economy, only 33% said that they approved of the job he's doing, while 63% said that they don't approve of the job Biden's doing. And I'm still thinking that number is way too low. Why is there only 63% that's scratching their heads and saying, uh, guys, it's the economy, stupid. And when we say stupid, we're talking to that guy over there, the one who keeps trying to, to talk tough and has to have uh, talking points right in front of him uh, when he's talking tough. You know, talking points that are literally labeled tough on Putin talking points. <laughs> With the, the, the list of when someone asks you this question, here is your response. And he still manages to mess that up. I, I thought he was better at reading than that, at least. I mean, he seems okay when he's reading the teleprompters uh, until somebody starts kind of messing with the teleprompter, I guess. I don't know. Anyway, this particular poll, astonishing that they actually let it out since it was NBC News. Uh, it's just the latest, the very latest, in a long series of different polls that have been recently released, all showing devastating results for the Democrats uh, coming into the midterm. Results where you would have to admit that it's going to, at the very least, be an uphill battle, even, even without this horrible polling, you would have to face reality. There's a reason why, even before these polls were coming out, so many incumbent Democrats were choosing to retire rather than run for re-election. There's been a lot of them so far. They don't want to face the embarrassment of being beaten. And if they think it's better than a 50-50 shot, they're not risking it. So they're getting out, thinking that that's going to preserve their political career. I mean, this terrible polling has led to a greater division 
in the Democratic Party. You know, we're seeing what what passes for centrist in the party. You know, the establishment wing, the folks that actually are legitimately still capitalists, but they prefer crony capitalism as opposed to free markets, uh, that part of the party. And the gap, the divide between them and the progressives, you know, the extremists, the, the squad, the AOC, the Ilhan Omars, the, the, that crew, the far left progressive or, you know, so-called progressive wing, well, they want to blame Biden for not going far enough. That's all the advice they've been getting. Uh, if you're still playing the AOC drinking game from this show, guys, you're going to get a chance to take some shots. I probably should have gave you a warning. Uh, have the beverage on standby because we haven't had a whole lot of AOC content. Uh, we've got uh, uh, more than we've had in a while. Because Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez this past Thursday uh, said that the low polling came from progressives and young voters who were disappointed that Biden hadn't done enough to satisfy their left-wing demands. Well, guess what? AOC, it's a good thing that he hasn't done enough. He's done way too much already. He's practically destroyed the country as it is. And if he continues to do more, you guys are going to get a real good taste of what it's like to live in a socialist country. If he does much more than he's already done, if this is allowed to continue past the midterms, if the Republican Party does not take firm control of the House and the Senate in the midterm elections, you're going to have front row seats to see exactly how a nation, a nation like Venezuela, can go from one of the top three economies of the world to being a complete and utter shambles. Spoiler alert, it was socialism. But yeah, you'll get a front row seat because you're finally going to get a chance to see what real hardship looks like, which is we're going to be living it. And sorry, AOC, you're not special enough on the intersectionality uh, hierarchy of specials to be protected when the bad stuff happens. You are, in fact, one of those their words, not mine, useful idiots. And so you're going to get played, you're going to get to help make it happen, and then you're going to get to suffer along with the rest of us, only we're not going to commiserate with you because we're going to remember who you are. And not because we wanted to date you. You haven't done enough. Yeah, you haven't unconstitutionally, illegally canceled all student loan debt. You haven't uh, just done away with the uh, carbon-based fuel industry in the country altogether. You just need to do away with it. You promised, even though now you don't remember that you promised. You said you would, even though you don't seem to remember that you said you would. I seem to recall that coal was done. That was pretty much what came out immediately, right? I mean, sure, we live in a world right now where we have lefty weirdos and Hollywood types that are out here going on tirades 
about a Florida law that doesn't do any of the things they're claiming. So, yes, there's clearly a market for what AOC is pushing. There's clearly a market for what these so-called progressive leftist politicians are pushing. That market exists. There are enough people in this country who've had it so good for so long that they honestly believe that violence is the correct answer to any microaggression. Whereas the adults in the room, and adult is not a question of age, people. It's a matter of maturity. And sadly, we're just not maturing as quickly as we used to. And in some cases, where zero expectations have been placed on individuals, uh, there's not maturity happening at all. But the adults in the room understand and realize that it's a fantasy. Everything in the real world has a real-world cost. Everything in the real world follows natural law. Everything in the real world has one of two genders if it's a gendered species. And anything outside of that is an abnormality. By definition, that makes it not normal. Shouldn't be treated, shouldn't be normalized, shouldn't be treated as if it deserves to be normalized. It's outside of the realm of the norm. Civilizations have banded together based on enough of common base principles that they can live together. If we're beyond that point now, then instead of trying to mess up the good stuff that we built, go try somewhere else to do something better. Stop trying to burn down what we have built and that has worked better than any other system in the history of the world. And just go try it. Go buy yourself a little private island somewhere and try it. See how it works. I mean, if you want to ignore... All of the world's history involving communism and socialism and how it inevitably ends, how it always starts and how it always ends. You want to believe in the idea, the notion that somehow democracy is so great? Then go right ahead. Even though every democracy that has ever existed has followed the exact same path, eventually you vote yourself into decadence and then you vote yourself into despair and then you fall into the hands of a despot. That's why we don't have a democracy here in the United States. We had a constitutionally limited, federated republic that was designed by the founding fathers that we should have held on to. But now we're under some weird corporate quasi-state. It's been that way for more than a minute. I am not a fan, by the way. I want to return to the limits of the Constitution. I want to return to the principles on which this nation was built on. Not the mind-numbing ignorance of those who would push the 1619 Project on you and try to somehow teach you that, well, this is the reality. Sorry, children. But when your truth is in direct opposition to the truth, then your truth is ain't worth jack. It ain't worth guano. It ain't worth caca. And so there's no reason why any of us should pay attention to you. But hey, kudos on being able to convince people to pay attention to you and to buy into your crap.
You've done a marvelous job, a miraculous job, an amazing job of selling a bunch of bovine excrement. Congrats. You're just one more con man that's been successful in the world. Know your audience, stay with your audience, and hopefully, hopefully you'll keep squashing down voices like mine because heaven forbid that one of your marks should hear the truth about something and be galvanized against your con attempts. This nation was based on principles of individual liberty, individual responsibility, and a generalized faith in God and in mankind as long as we remain moral and truthful to one another. Those are principles that, to be fully realized, must be granted to all who choose to embrace the same, to embrace those policies, to embrace those principles, who want to come here to help build up this nation and continue it as being a constitutionally federated republic. And you're welcome to be here. In this United States of America, if that's how you feel. But if you don't feel that way, don't come here. If you're already here and you don't feel that way, go find some place that you'd be happier. I dare you. You might change your mind in a hurry. Let's go ahead and take that uh, mid-hour break just a smidge early. Don't go anywhere. I'll be back right after this very quick break. Come on, man. All men and women created by the gold. You know the, you know the thing. You're a lying dog-faced pony soldier. I got hairy legs. We have the ability to see what can be, unburdened by what has been, and then to make the possible actually happen. The United States is now fully engaged in the ultimate battle between civilized sovereigns and brutish burglars. Hello, I'm Ron Edwards. On today's page from the Edwards Notebook, brought to you by Constitutional Grounds Coffee. About 20 years ago, I concluded the so-called civil rights movement for law-abiding sovereign Americans was replaced with an unofficial but active special rights movement for the variety of low-life evildoers, including thugs like the legions of students who have been wreaking havoc, harming both people and property in beautiful Miami Beach, Florida during spring break. And bold liars like Jussie Smollett, who was free after being properly sent to prison, while innocent, non-threatening Christians and patriots continued to rot in the United States gulags in Washington, D.C. and elsewhere for either walking around or inside the U.S. Capitol building. For decades, leftists, both black and white, have been clamoring for the day when criminal cretins would no longer fear the long arm of the law or respect the unalienable rights of others and their property to be left alone. Kind of like big government. But we, the law-abiding sovereigns, will not take this unlawful abuse forever. For every action, there is an equal and opposite reaction. I'm Ron Edwards. For Constitutional Grounds Coffee, simply go to theronedwards.com. Sponsored by the Tri-County Liberty Coalition.
Listening to Tap into the Truth. My name is Joe Biden. I keep forgetting I'm president. Rise and shine, sleepy Joe. Now's the time, don't you know, to get into a new kind of dream. You can rest your head on the corner of your bed. You can watch the world go by But you're never gonna see What the other people see If you're always gonna be The line dog face pony soldier jump into the remainder of the content. I want to take a quick moment to remind you that, you know, spring is coming fast. Lots of the country is already feeling very springish, uh, yeah, which is a real word that I did not totally just make up right now. <laughs> it is really very springish, and that means it's time to get outside, to do some stuff, to be active. And... Uh, one of the best ways to make sure that you are prepared to do exactly that is to have yourself a blue cooler. Yes, that's right, ladies and gentlemen. You, too, need a molded, high-quality, keep-your-stuff-cold cooler ready on the standby, ready to go at a moment's notice, ready to, to dump your ice into and to know that your ice can stay so cold that you will still have some frozen ice up to 10 days later, guaranteed. And to my experience, it's lasted uh, up to 15. Now, I can't make that promise that yours will too, but they guarantee 10. And I'm telling you, depending on how frequently you open that bad boy up, uh, it can last a little bit longer. Now, if you are somebody that uh, is concerned about being able to go out in a hurry. Maybe you need uh, bug-out equipment ready to go. A blue cooler is going to be perfect for that, too. I promise you, you need to be checking out blue coolers. They are literally the same high quality as that other brand. You know, the one that's, you know, a Himalayan Sasquatch brand. You, you know the name. They are just as good, every bit as good as those folks but at about half the price, that's a pretty good deal, uh, one you shouldn't walk away from. So there's going to be a link in today's show description 
Uh, depending on where you're listening to the show, uh, when you pull that up, if you're on certain platforms listening to the podcast, for example, uh, then with that link, you're going to see that part of it is live, but part of the continuation of that link is not. And that means if you hit it, it's probably, depending on how much of it is live, probably still going to take you where you want to go, but it's not going to let them know that I sent you. So, yeah, you can do that. That's fine, really. But I'm asking you, I'm asking you, please let them know that I sent you. That's not a huge ask. And if you decide once you're there to make a purchase, I'll get a tiny little commission. It's not much, and it's not going to make you have to pay any more. It's a chance to take a win-win and make it a win-win-win. That's right. It's a chance for you to get a great product that you want, maybe even need. It's a chance for uh, Blue Coolers to get a great new customer because I promise you, once you first experience their products, you'll be a customer moving forward. When the next time you need a cooler or the next time you need uh, a backpack with uh, safety supplies or whatever else, maybe you just want a cool Blue Coolers hat or T-shirt, get you some merch, you'll want to go back. And keep using my link to do it, if you don't mind. Because that way, you win getting the stuff you want. They win getting a great new customer. And I win because I keep getting the, that uh, that recognition from the company that I help make that happen. So, you know, it helps to support the show. doesn't line my pockets directly. I promise you it turns right back around and goes into helping to pay for the expenses of the broadcast, which... Uh, can, just like everything else out there under the Biden economy, that uh, keeps going up. So I could use the help, guys. And I'm not asking for you to just straight up send me cash. Although, if you want to, you could go to my PayPal account and do that. There is a button in a couple of places at the website, tapintothetruth.com, uh, if you're so inclined. I won't say no, but I'm not asking you to do that. I'm asking you to go get something you'd like. Uh, something you might need, and uh, help support the show that way. I don't think that's a terrible thing. So just copy the entire link, paste it in your web browser, and go visit that way. Or if for some strange reason maybe you can't do that right now, maybe you're listening on terrestrial radio. And if you are, hey, so be it. That's fine. Uh, a little bit later, come visit me at the website. That's tap into the truth. That's T-A-P-P into the truth all one word, dot com. And from there, if you'll scroll down past the section that says recent guest on the homepage, that page you land on when you first get there, to scroll past the uh, recent guest, and then you will start seeing buttons and banners for all kinds of folks, including blue coolers. You click on those, it'll work just the same as following the link in your web browser. So small, small favor I'm asking, just a tiny one. Just go check them out. Keep using the link every time you go back just to kind of make sure that, you know, uh, maybe maybe you see something that is just not in your budget right now, but you want to come back to later. Keep using the link. That way they keep knowing that I sent you, and they get to acknowledge that uh, th th that traffic's coming from here. It's a, it's a good thing. It's a good thing, I promise. All right. Uh, also, I guess I need to go ahead and make an announcement. Uh, I have... A couple of days left before uh, my promised finalizing of the rules for the upcoming giveaway of A.J. Rice's 
brand new book, The Walking Dead. Now, I will also put in the show description a link to the pre-order page on Amazon for those of you that just can't wait. Or if you just want to go check out and see what it's it's about, see how much you really want to get into the battle uh, to try and duke it out with all your fellow listeners as far as getting an opportunity to be on the list of potential uh, winners of the giveaway. Uh, So here's what I'm doing. Initially, what I want to do is be able to give away so many of these books for listeners at various platforms. Now, I asked several of you uh, just this last broadcast to say uh, to go to the uh, social media site that you primarily frequent and to look for me. And for most of the uh, social media sites that I'm on, it would be my personal page, but you'll see lots of uh, links to the show uh, on my page there, where, wherever you may be, whether it's at Gab or Spreely or Parlor or wherever, uh, you know, and yes, even still at Twitter and at Facebook. Now, I asked uh, uh, several of you to just uh, go to my page once you found me and say, hey, I listened to Tap Into the Truth. Now, I kind of tested that, and I didn't get very much in the way of response on Facebook or Twitter, and I have to admit I have not uh, spent much time checking the other social media platforms, but I will start doing that, uh, check it multiple times a day uh, for the continuation of this uh, thing. But here's what I'm going to be doing. I want to determine if you're listening at iHeartRadio and you're a regular listener and you're helping to promote the show, I want you to have a chance to win this book for free. If you're listening at... uh, Spotify, same thing. If you're listening at KYAH, 540 AM, same thing. If you're listening at the last frequency, same thing. If you are listening at a terrestrial radio station, whatever that station may be, I want you to reach out to me via social media, just right on my wall, saying, I listen to Tap Into the Truth at this place, whatever it is. I want you to use hashtags. I want you to use ats. I want you to do whatever it takes to try and get it so that it's traceable. And then for the giveaway, one of the things we're going to be doing is when I see where the most interaction is, I'm going to narrow down to just certain folks. So if you're on multiple platforms, it's an opportunity for you to do that too. They hit me up on different platforms, and maybe maybe if you don't win the drawing at one platform, you'll have a chance to win the drawing on the other platforms. But do these things, but I want you to start sharing show links, uh, mentioning me, and I need you to start mentioning where you're listening at and mention the book, The Woking Dead. Uh, and you start doing this, and then we're going to start seeing who has the largest reach, who does the most to help promote and move the show. That's going to be the basic premise of what we're going to be doing. I'll get more specific details. We'll set aside a whole section uh, by the end of this week. So, like I said before, I'll make official announcements at the end of this month, which officially is Thursday, uh, or by the beginning of next month, which is officially Friday. So, by Thursday's show, I'm hoping to have worked out all the kinks and details. But I am looking to see a lot of interaction from you guys in the meanwhile, so I can kind of determine what platforms I want to guarantee that somebody gets a chance to win from. All right. So, I know it's a little homework, but let's let's get to it now. 
I mentioned earlier AOC. She's been doing a lot of things. She's out there uh, issuing warnings for Democrats ahead of the midterm elections. Uh, she's been out there uh, talking about how fossil fuel extraction has led to the murder of indigenous women. She's talked about how there's a connection between that, and uh, it was interesting. I, I did have to give her props, though. I do have to give her props. Even AOC understands why a no-fly zone in Ukraine could mean World War III. So, you know, good for her there. I have to give her those props because I'm about to hit her pretty hard. Because AOC is now leading the so-called pro progressives, their, their screams, their chants, their yells to, at the very least, if you're not going to impeach him, to investigate Supreme Court Justice Clarence Thomas after his wife's texts were revealed. His wife. They want him investigated because of his wife. Again, we talked about this before. They don't really care what she's doing. They don't really care what he's doing. They just want him removed from the court, and they're looking for any, any stretch of the imagination, any thread that they can start pulling to try and yank something loose. It's just that way. But our undaunted, irrepressible representative, of the great state of New York, Alexandria, Ocasio-Cortez, and, of course, other House progressives, they're calling to investigate and potentially impeach Clarence Thomas over his wife's text to the former White House Chief of Staff Mark Meadows all the way back on that very dark, very scary day of January 6, 2020. Now, Ocasio-Cortez and Representative Mondaire Jones, also of New York, have expressed support for possible impeachment proceedings against Thomas. Representative Ilhan Omar has called for Thomas's impeachment outright, despite lacking any evidence of any involvement by Thomas in any of his wife's work. Now, Ocasio-Cortez... I'm really working it. I'm trying to give you guys a reason to walk away with alcohol poisoning today. <laughs> if you guys are new listeners, you maybe don't know, but there for a bit, uh, I had some college students reach out to me and said, we are literally creating a drinking game uh, where the rules are simple. Every time you say AOC, it's one shot. Every time you say the full name, or at least go Ocasio-Cortez, it's two shots. Every time you say Alexandria, Ocasio-Cortez, uh, it's three shots. Now, this is a, a uh, an amendment to the original game because the original game, they didn't make the context for just Ocasio-Cortez. And since I very rarely left it at that, there was no reason to. But I started it, so I, I got word from the same guys. Uh, they're a little older now. Uh, they've had some time to sober up. So they changed the rules, I think, just trying to encourage me to start doing it more. So I'm really working it for you guys. Uh, thank you so much for listening, by the way. Um, anyway, Ocasio-Cortez, arguably the most outspoken of the three. Well, she initially broached impeaching Thomas uh, when she was talking to Axios. That happened uh, way back on Tuesday morning uh, before taking to her social media outlets and demanding all her followers uh, give her applause. Quoting here, she said, consider this. 
when we pushed for the first impeachment of Trump for illegally withholding aid to Ukraine, which is not a thing that actually happened, by the way. Anyway, initially, many Dems internally resisted it. This a rather lengthy Twitter thread, by the way, where Ocasio-Cortez was comparing the orange man who's bad, the kicker of puppies, the eater of babies, the climate arsonist. Yeah, Donald Trump's first impeachment to the Thomas controversy. Still not 100% sure how she makes this stretch, but I'm pretty sure she didn't come up with this herself anyway. Those justice Democrats, they really handle the people, if you know what I mean. Anyway, continuing, we were chastised for being unrealistic that the public wouldn't be able to follow the plot and that it would be that it would lead nowhere. Uh, no, AOC, it wasn't about the public not being able to follow the plot. It was about the public recognizing instantly that this is some bovine excrement and that you are bat guano crazy. Anybody who honestly thought that it was a perfect phone call is either Donald Trump or they're a little out of touch because it wasn't perfect. There is literally nothing that Donald Trump does when it comes to communicating that is perfect. He's, he's not a purveyor of careful and meticulous wordage. He communicates the way he communicates. Now, I personally like his abrasive and direct style, but he's prone to exaggeration. But that's also part of who he is, part of who he's always been. And it's not a trait communicating in such a fashion that's entirely unique to just him. Most people who are from where he is from specifically, well, they have a similar way of communicating. And sure, if you're not accustomed to it, it takes a little getting used to. But... If you're just looking for a way to nitpick and try to make it seem like they're saying something very different than what they said, unfortunately, it does kind of lend itself to that. And that was his biggest problem. So not a perfect phone call. But there was, once again, once you're accustomed to how he speaks, there was no effort at a quid pro quo. There was just an honest concern about trying to root out corruption that was operating in Ukraine that was rooted in the United States. So, no, 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 AOC. The public followed the plot just fine. It was you guys that were a little too busy plotting something completely different uh, in an effort to try to win instead of trying to do the people's business. Anyway... Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez then went on to claim that Trump's impeachment proved to be politically advantageous to Democrats, despite, quote here, naysayers and those claiming to be politically savvier. And she really used the word savvier. Uh, it's totally a real word she did not just make up for the purpose of this post. Now, she argued a parallel situation is happening now with Thomas. Now, if it is parallel, then she needs to pay attention to what actually occurred because it wasn't advantageous for Democrats. It didn't work out for Democrats. 
In fact, if they had been successful at it, they wouldn't have had to pull so many shenanigans in 2020. That's all I'm saying. If they'd been more successful at it, they wouldn't have had to go for the second even more ridiculous attempt to impeach. No, it was not politically successful. Not for you personally there, AOC. Not for Nancy Mimi Pelosi. Not for anybody with a D at the end of their name. So if it is parallel, then be real careful here because while I would love for you to go ahead and go for it and again, continue just like what Joseph Robinette Biden Jr. is continuing to do, uh, prove how completely and totally inept and dangerous and disastrous you people are. Uh, I can't help but offer up some advice to somebody when, when I see them clearly careening towards a wall. You're driving at top speed and you're headed right for a wall. You're going to get hurt here. I don't want to see you hurt. I don't want you in a position to make decisions for anybody other than yourself. You have demonstrated that you probably need a little help with that, but you're over 18 in the United States of America, so you get to make those calls for yourself, but you should not be in a position to have any power over anyone else, period. Best I can tell, there is nobody holding a federal government office with a D at the end of their name, and as far as that goes, about half of them with an R at the end of their name falls into the exact same category. You got no business. None. Nada. But she continued, saying often, what seems like a righteous yet politically foolish thing, short term, ends up being the, the wisest choice long term. Okay, I can say that may occasionally be true, doesn't apply to anything that you're trying to apply it to right now, but yeah, there are occasions when that's true. She continues, in politics, oftentimes the best decisions can also carry the greatest risk. All this is to say we shouldn't dismiss actions available. Reason, Clarence Thomas acts. Now, subpoenas, investigations, and impeachment should absolutely be on the table. We shouldn't have to think twice about that. We must go where the facts take us. Uh, okay, but as long as it's the actual facts and not uh, Adam Schiff's truth, the truth, not the Democrat truth. Anyway, we should go where the facts take us. A failure to act puts the barreling of democracy squarely on our shoulders. It's our duty to defend it. Uh, no, AOC, it's your duty to defend the republic. Not a democracy. This isn't a democracy. It's never been a democracy. You're like using the word democracy a lot. Democracies are bad. They're real bad. So don't be bad, okay? Democracies, I'm going to say it one more time. Plug your ears, chief, if you're listening. Nothing more than two sheep, I'm sorry, nothing more than two wolves and a sheep getting together to decide what to have for dinner. Now, if two sheep get together and one wolf, something tells me the menu is not changing. It's just democracy gets tossed out the window in that case. And that's the problem with democracy. Eventually, you let the wolves in, 
and it just stops working. It's up to us. We're in danger. You are endangering liberty in this country, by the way, AOC. Now, this other uh, representative, Representative Jones, serves as vice chair of the House Judiciary Subcommittee, the one that oversees federal courts. Now, they told Axios that all options have to be on the table also. So, obviously, this is a talking point. Commenting here, he said that, quote, there is a robust, distinct role for the Judiciary Committee to do its own investigation. My intention is for the Judiciary Committee or at least the Subcommittee on Courts to do precisely that. Now, of course, Ilhan Omar, like I said, she came out in favor of just impeaching Thomas last week, tweeted it out, just said Clarence Thomas needs to be impeached, okay? Uh, she didn't mince words. She's minced up her brain into tiny pieces, but she didn't mince words. The progressive outcry against Thomas began last week. Well, it began a long time before that. But the most recent version, where they've gotten really, really loud and squeaky about it, started last week after this cache of messages <clears throat> that Virginia Thomas, that's Clarence's wife, these messages that uh, Miss Thomas sent to uh, Mark Meadows on January 6th. And in the months prior, after they were revealed to the public, and these messages showed that Thomas urged the top Trump official to continue fighting. The greatest heist of our history. You have to fight. You have to stop the steal. Of course, this is in reference to the 2020 election. The messages were included in documents that Meadows turned over to the House Committee investigating January 6th. Democrats and just general critics have tried to use these texts to claim that Justice Thomas himself should have recused himself on a case over whether documents from former President Donald Trump's administration fell under executive privilege and whether the January 6th committee could obtain them. Now, here is an interesting question. It's entirely possible that Clarence Thomas had no idea that his wife had sent these things. It's possible. And in that case, there's absolutely no reason why he should have recused himself. Didn't matter. He was outvoted on the matter. He was one of the few justices that did side with the Trump statement on this part. That is that these were privileged communications. And that is a standard. Uh, I'm not a big fan of the whole idea, the whole notion of executive privilege to begin with. But... It's been an established thing for a long time, and Democrats are really happy when it's their guy that's claiming it, even like with Barack Obama and a certain wingman by the name of Eric, uh, when they got into a little trouble about this Fast and Furious thing, and I'm talking about the gun running to Mexico, not the movie franchise. Uh, they got into a little trouble with that, and they claimed it. And over the course of their discussions, they made it clear that there hadn't been the type of communications that uh, would allow them to invoke executive privilege. But the media, the Democrats, the political establishment as a whole was perfectly okay with saying, eh, close enough. Is that really how you want to do this? Well, we already know that lots of people that have been in government for a while, they didn't mind at all for all of the norms just not applying to Donald Trump. They 
they went after his executive orders when it has to do with putting a moratorium, a temporary halt on uh, people coming into the country from certain nations so that we could better improve our vetting process because those countries were having an extreme issue with terrorism at that time. Wanted to be able to do background checks that were better than just, well, they said their name was this, here you go. Now, that to me, that seems a reasonable thing. But even if he had been trying to place, as the media put it, a Muslim ban, which is nowhere near what it was, doesn't matter. The media runs with crap like that. Democrats run with crap. They want to control your mind. They want you thinking like them. It's catchy, and it's threatening. They wanted to call it a Muslim ban. But even if it had been a Muslim ban, they admitted in court that had Hillary Clinton been elected and she had issued this uh, same executive order that had been perfectly legal. There were no legal grounds to challenge these. But their whole claim was based on racism that Trump exhibited in the uh, campaign that made it suspect. Excuse me? You don't get to admit in one breath that any other person having been elected president would have the power to do it and to say that somehow magically just because you don't like Donald Trump, just because he's the orange man who's bad, just because he goes around kicking puppies and eating babies and setting the climate on fire, just because he does those things, that he doesn't get to do everything that every other duly elected president who's been sworn into the office gets to do. And yet the court continued to listen to the case after that and eventually ruled on the side of those challenging the order. So once again, executive privilege goes out the window. We demand this because we are the Senate. We get our choice. And here is AOC now claiming that they should be able to go after him just because of what his wife did. Whereas the only thing that I would really like to know, did Clarence Thomas actually know that his wife had sent these messages? And was he acting to try and protect her when he voted against it? Because if that was the only reason he did it, then maybe he should have recused himself. But otherwise, it doesn't really matter. Even though he stood with Trump on that, it didn't change the outcome. AOC, you keep yelling, baby. You're leading Democrats right into that big-time loss that you're trying to warn them about. And I like your style. But I still don't want to date you. All right, that's going to have to be it for this hour. If you're listening on Terrestrial Radio, tune in again tomorrow to get hour number two. If you're listening to the podcast somewhere, hour number two starts right after this. In the meanwhile, uh, you know, uh, don't take my word for it. Definitely don't take their word for it. Be prepared to put in some effort. And most importantly, use your brain if you really want to tap into the truth. This is Tim Tapp. Let's go, Brandon. Let's go, Brandon. Let's go, let's go, let's go, Brandon. Let's go, Brandon. You know what they say, Let's go, Brandon. She was from a blue state clan, taught to praise the little man. Told that unions saved the working class He was raised a red state son To love the flag and own a gun 
warned about the greed within the mass. They met beneath the moonlit sky, a college party drunk and high. And when they had degrees, they said their vows. He couldn't say. I'm Ron Edwards, host of the Edwards Notebook, and you're listening to Tim Tap and Tap Into the Truth. still gives to me it was a little longer this time so hey thanks guys thanks for applauding still pretty sure that's more for matt fitzgibbons and me all right anyway uh hello and welcome (laughs) this is indeed uh, tap into the truth i am your ever so humble and mostly peaceful host tim tap and i am coming to you from my beloved beautiful home historic roan county tennessee got strong ties to the entire county so i don't narrow it down to just one city but I currently do reside in the very, very
very cool city of Rockwood. All right. For those of you that aren't familiar with the area, just know that I'm not too far off from Knoxville, and that's really all you need to know. Now, uh, let's let's continue. This is indeed the second hour of a two-hour show that is taking place on March the 29th of 2022. So, by the time you hear this, some of this may be old news. But uh, if you were listening live or if you were listening uh, just the next day, there's a really good chance that uh, this is still vibrant and important and enthralling information. I want to start off the second hour uh, with this story that I came across. And I'm going to add another story into the mix because this is uh, kind of being pushed across the, the board. But we're going to go ahead and, and lead in the second hour with this one. So let me go ahead and get started. Uh, it appears that after... A visit to Europe where Joe Biden did everything but call Vladimir Putin a stinky poo-poo head, which he may have done once he was back out from in front of cameras and microphones. But uh, he came back home and he denied everything, right? And, and all this disagreement. And we talked a little bit about this last time we were together. In the last uh, broadcast, I was discussing about how the White House doesn't get to set the policy. Uh, the elected president gets to set the policy. The White House, that of course meaning his staff, is supposed to follow suit. They don't get to keep walking back all the stuff. But then he denied that he's walking anything back. He denied that he said anything. He denied that there were any gaffes at all while he's in the middle of gaffiness into World War III. And I'm convinced now more than ever that Joe Biden is not quite as far gone as we all kind of thought he was. But more to the point, he knows ahead of time that the plan is a protracted war. He knows that the plan is to go after Russia, regardless of what happens next. I'm convinced of this because of all the things that he said. He didn't say it with a lack of conviction. He didn't say it with a lack of clarity. He said it because his filter was turned off and he doesn't know the difference between what he's supposed to be saying out loud to the public and what's supposed to be kept in hushed tones in that creepy whisper of his uh, uh, just amongst the staff as they're actually planning. He knows it's not his call. He knows he's just playing a part. He's just happy to be there. Never thought I was going to get to be president. Now I get to say I was. That's all thanks to you folks pulling the strings behind the scenes, all you globalist, leftist people that are managing to control so very much. Shoot, for all I know, the, the Illuminati and uh, the Masons might be helping him out too. And heaven out, because I thought the Masons had more sense than that. <laughs> if you have a name like the Illuminati, you should have more sense than that too. Uh, anyway. I promise we're not slipping into conspiracy corner. But I am talking about the fact that despite all of this, one thing becomes obviously clear, and that is Joe Biden is not calling the shots. Otherwise, the, the White House staff doesn't get to act the way they did. Every time he said, when he says, if Russia issues a chemical attack, there will be uh, a in-kind attack. Now, that does mean, uh, no matter what the left tries to convince you of, Words have meanings, and you should understand what those meanings are. If you say you're going to respond in kind, it means you're going to do the exact same thing back. If Chris Rock was going to respond in kind to Will Smith, there would have been a ha, gotcha, smack uh, moment 
probably not at the award ceremony, but, uh, you know, Chris is wiry, and he's pretty quick. I bet he probably could have snuck up on him later. Gotcha! <laughs> you don't have to apologize. I ain't going to press charges. I'm just going to... I'm just going to sneak attack you and then leave. And there was a like, kind response. Oh, but he didn't say that. I was just reacting. He called for a regime change. He did. He can deny it all he wants to, but he did. He tried to whitewash it. Tried. He's gaslighting everybody. But the problem is he's too far gone to be an effective uh, gaslighter. And the only people that he really needs to be gaslighting right now is Vladimir and the Russian government because he needs to convince them that that's not what's on the table if they want to have any type of hope of a negotiated ceasing of hostilities. But I don't think that's what they want. I think Biden from the very beginning has wanted a war. Now, initially I was throwing out there maybe he wants certain evidence of uh, certain Biden crime family activities that took place in the Ukraine to to be destroyed in the process. But I don't even think it has anything to do with that anymore. I just think he's getting his marching orders from the globalist leftists, uh, folks from the World Economic uh, Forum and those groups, the, the Davos crowd. They're trying to utilize this as a, a step into that great reset that they really want to make happen. But just to go a step further of how, how out of step they are, the newest thing, uh, Biden's at odds with his staffers again uh, after he made comments last week about the Senate Judiciary Committee's hearings for his nominee, Ketanji Brown-Jackson. Biden, fresh off of his European trip, met with NATO allies, told reporters there that he, quote, didn't get a chance to see any of the hearings that took up much of last week. But, but his staff then turned around and said that the hearings were going on, uh, that the, the president had not only watched some portions of the hearings, but that he'd been moved by Judge Jackson's demeanor under pressure. Quoting here, the president watched portions of Judge Jackson's hearings yesterday and today. He was also moved by the grace and dignity she's shown. Uh, no. Given that the president was about to embark on to what I think most of us would consider a relatively important trip, you know, because there's like a, a thing going on over there, you know, just an odd thing. I, people are shooting at one another. Considering that that was about to happen and uh, was that he was down at least one staffer after the White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki announced that she had tested positive for COVID-19 for a second time. Well, it might have been understandable for Biden not to watch much, if any, of the hearings. I mean, he still has to work in his daily routine of matlock, geritol, pudding, and nap time. So, you know, Biden doing Biden things. Let's go, Brandon. But for him to, to give one answer, for him to literally say, no, nah, I didn't get to watch any of it because I've been kind of busy here with this important uh, war stuff. But then... A member of his staff comes out and says the exact opposite. That's just one more in a very long, growing 
list of contradictions and walkbacks that are coming from the Biden White House, even though they claim to not be contradictions, claim there's not walking them back. At least that's what Joe says. In fact, in recent days, uh, Joseph there appears to be getting almost as much contradiction from within his own administration as he does from his critics, maybe even more. Biden's team has been forced to clean up a number of his statements that he made during the trip to Europe. In a span of just a few days, he suggested that American troops might be headed into Ukraine, said that the United States might retaliate with the chemical weapons, you know, that in-kind attack, and that he might be ready to support regime change. Might be ready. He came out and said... For God's sakes, this man can't be allowed to stay in power. He said it. I was just reacting uh, with uh, my heartfelt uh, passion and compassion for the Ukrainian people. Ah! And if you notice in the process, by the way, he admitted something that nobody knew previously. Well, not officially. I'm sure some folks knew. Nobody in this country knew would never have reported it, I'm sure would have bleeped it out of the response if they'd known it was coming in time, and they'll probably try to walk this back. But he basically admitted that uh, American troops were training Ukrainian troops in Poland. Because that was his excuse about saying, you're going to see when you're there. Well, I meant when uh, these guys were training Ukrainian. Oh, excuse me? There are Ukrainian troops being trained in Poland by U.S. soldiers right now. Is that is that what you just said? And why weren't more people, you know, paying attention then? I, I mean, it's hard to get through some of the word salad sometimes, but that came through pretty clear. So despite the fact that his surrogates have spent uh, several days now trying to reword and, you know, air quote here, clarifying... Uh, all of uh, Biden's remarks, Joe himself claimed that none of these gaffes even occurred. I, that was one of my favorite moments. Well done, Mr. Ducey, once again, uh, knocking the ball out of the park. It's just it's mind-boggling. He literally is denying everything and continues to do so. And here we are, ladies and gentlemen, here we are. Now, Russia, it's a, a, there was news today that there was some constructive movement. This, of course, after uh, unsubstantiated reports of the potential of one of the Russian oligarchs uh, may have been poisoned while he was in Turkey. Uh, peace talks, trying to, trying to help end the hostilities there. Uh, the working theory is because of the nature of the poison and how quick acting it was and how there was so little uh, to sample that it may have been more of a warning to try to scare him than an actual attempt to kill him. It's like, I can get you from anywhere kind of deal. And, you know, it, it's a believable enough story. The story was initially reported, I believe, by the Wall Street Journal, so they're kind of down the middle. They're not some hardcore, you know, they're not the gateway pundit. Uh, they're not... Uh, 
which does great uh, journalism, by the way, but they are very much to the right, is my point. Uh, the Wall Street Journal, which the left thinks is very much to the right just because they are down the center, kind of helps to have perspective based on where you're standing on the spectrum. You know, if you're there on uh, if you're on that spectrum and you're really far to the left and you see somebody standing right at what's dead center, well, they seem really far to the right to you. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, it's perspective. But we had words, warning that statements coming from Russia that they're about to pull back their troops from Kiev and a few other cities. And it kind of seemed like maybe they were planning that. But no, no, we're now being told by very important officials in both the United States and the United Kingdom that the Russian forces there are not withdrawing from Ukraine's capital, Kiev. I still call it Kiev sometimes. I apologize. It takes a long time to break these habits. Kiev. Basically, they're telling us now that these troops are just being redeployed. Quoting here from a U.S. official who was speaking to uh, Fox News, any movement of Russian forces from around Kiev is a redeployment, not a withdrawal. And the world should be prepared for a major offensive against other areas of Ukraine. Now, I find this very interesting in comparison to Biden's uh, little speech when he was trying to tell us that we need to be prepared for a new uh, extended battle that uh, the price of defending democracy is is not free. It's, it's never easy. It's a high price, and we should be prepared for it to be a protracted event. So that's part of why I really kind of think that they're looking to make this thing last longer. Back to quoting here. No one should be fooled by Russia's announcement. It also does not mean... The threat to Kiev is over. Russia has failed in its objective of capturing Kiev and failed in its objective of subjugating all of Ukraine. But it can still inflict massive brutality on the country, including Kiev. Now, the Russian Deputy Defense Minister Alexander Forman, I believe is the last name, well, he previously announced that Russia had decided to, quote, fundamentally cut back military activity in the direction of Kiev and uh, other cities following peace negotiations in Turkey. Quoting here, given that the talks on the preparation of a, an agreement on the neutrality and the non-nuclear status of Ukraine have moved into practical field, a decision's been made to radically, by several times, reduce the military activity in the areas of Kiev. This, of course, was uh, reported in the New York Post. Fox News also reported that Russia claimed that the move was being made to increase mutual trust. However, People that are 
referred to as leaders. In the United Kingdom, in France, in Germany, and in Italy, uh, they also urged the West to remain vigilant. This was after Biden said in response to this, quote, we'll see if they follow through on what they're suggesting. There are negotiations that continue today, one in Turkey and others. I had a meeting with the heads of the states of our four allies in NATO, France, Germany, the United States, and Great Britain. And there seems to be a consensus that let's just see what they have to offer. Now, again, I, I sit here and I wonder, you, you had a meeting with the heads of state of four allies? Are those the only four NATO allies that were available? And if so, why did you count yourself? Because again, France, Germany, the United States, and Great Britain. You had a meeting with the heads of state of four allies in NATO. You counted yourself. Now, I would be perfectly satisfied with you saying I had a meeting with three of our allies and just said France, Germany, and Great Britain. Because it's understandable that if you had the meeting, you were part of the meeting. Why are you counting yourself? I, I know, it's a strange thing. But at this point, you really have to parse through everything he's saying because I no longer think that this is just a question of word salad. I think that he's regurgitating a lot of stuff that he's being told in these meetings and briefings, I think a lot of it is sticking better than a lot of folks want to give him credit for. I don't think he's a stammering fool. I don't think he's a particularly brilliant man. I don't think he ever was. I think he was generally, for most of his life, rather cruel to anybody he disagreed with. I don't think he's ever been a productive man. I think the only thing he's ever managed to do is live off the government teat and manage to find ways to engage in criminal activities, utilizing his position in the government as a means to sell, you know, access, to sell influence, to peddle, if you will, to set up his family members in that same business. So... We're getting this uh, from the Prime Minister Boris Johnson's office saying that they agreed that there could be no relaxation of Western resolve until the horror inflicted on Ukraine is over. Uh, the Pentagon is warning that the threat to Kiev is far from over. Quoting here, we are not and nobody should be fooling ourselves by the Kremlin's recent claim that it will suddenly just reduce the tax near Kiev. This, of course, from John Kirby, currently acting as spokesman for the Pentagon. He continued saying, It does not mean that the threat to Kiev is over. Russia is still inflicting massive brutality on the country, including on Kiev, even today, along with continued airstrikes. Now, Why are we being told this? Uh, 
Russia's trying to find an exit ramp now, it seems like. So why are we being told this? There's only one thing that pops to mind why you would want to continue to keep everybody on heightened alert. It's because you want to say that Russia can't be trusted. Now, I, for one, have never been a fan of Vladimir Putin. I never will be a fan of Vladimir Putin. He worked for the KGB, manipulated his way into becoming president for life of Russia. And, of course, he has a very unhealthy obsession with moose and squirrel. But that is another story. We're being told this, and we're being told about how we're going to have to be prepared to be patriotic, how we're going to have to be prepared to, to get by with less, how we're going to have to be prepared to deal with a long, extended battle in the defense of democracy. And again, I'll tell you, we shouldn't be defending democracy. Democracy is not worth defending. Democracy is all in in one way. That's why you want a constitutionally limited republic. A republic is so much better. A republic protects minorities. A republic allows for individual liberties to exist. And those constitutional constraints is what maintains that balance of power into the hands of the people and not into the hands of would-be despots. But what do I know? Other than the fact that it's time for the mid-hour break. So let's go ahead and take that, and then we'll head into the final uh, segment for the day. Don't go anywhere. I'll be right back. This is Tim Tapp, host of Tap into the Truth. Jedediah Morse was a pioneer American educator, clergyman, and father of Samuel Morse, the inventor of the Morse Code. Hello, I'm Ron Edwards. On today's page from the Edwards Notebook, Jedediah studied for the ministry at Yale and in 1789 accepted a call to the First Church of Charleston, Massachusetts. He was alarmed by how far the clergy had moved from doctrinal orthodoxy. In 1799, Jedediah Morse stated, our dangers are of two kinds, those which affect our religion and those which affect our government. They are, however, so closely allied that they cannot, with propriety, be separated. To the kindly influence of Christianity, we owe the degree of civic freedoms and political and social happiness mankind now enjoys. In proportion, as the genuine effects of Christianity are diminished in any nation, in the same proportion will the people of that nation recede from the blessings of genuine freedom. It follows that all efforts made to destroy the foundation of our holy religion ultimately tend to the subversion also of our political freedom and happiness. Wherever the pillars of Christianity shall be overthrown, our present republican form of government and all the blessings which flow from them must fall with them. May we the people remember that without God, the United States shall simply be gone under. I'm... Ron Edwards. Check out the RonEdwards.com. Sponsored by the Tri-County Liberty Coalition. Can you provide a definition for the word woman? Can I provide a definition? Mm-hmm. No. Yeah. I can't. You can't? N- not 
in okay. this context. So I'm not a biologist. Break it down in layman's terms. So Ukraine is a country in Europe. It exists next to another country called Russia. Russia is a bigger country. Russia is a powerful country. Russia decided to invade a smaller country called Ukraine. So basically that's wrong. I'm Ron Edwards, host of The Edwards Notebook, and you're listening to Tim Tap and Tap Into the Truth. Right here, right now, there is no other place I want to be. Right here, right now, watching the world wake up from history. My name is Joe Biden. My name's Joe Biden. I'm Jill Biden's husband. I keep forgetting I'm president. Man, I wish I could forget that you've been installed as president. All right, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so very much for staying with me through that very brief break. Uh, not as brief as it could have been, I guess. Anyway, I want to remind everybody that, uh, guess what? If you want to truly enjoy the blessings of liberty, individual liberty, then, you know, you occasionally have to take responsibility, which requires you to eh, clean up a little bit. And there's no better way to clean up than by using the fine products from Hero Soap Company. Yes, that's right. You've heard me talk about them before. And I love them even more today than I ever did before. Uh, Here's the deal. They are literally the most America-first company that I have come across, and I have come across several America-first companies, but they are top-notch. First of all, they're providing uh, a service. Well, not a service so much as a product. It seems like I should know the difference between the two. Anyway, they're providing a product that is absolutely phenomenal. No harsh chemicals, no strong perfumes, all natural smells that come from this. All of them are so good. Essential oil stuff that's good for you and great to have on you. And, you know, as long as you're not allergic to them. But uh, you can find out quickly which ones you are. Now, here's the thing. They constantly, continuously make contributions to our active service military, to our uh, veterans, to our first responders of every stripe across the country. They believe. America first, and they believe in thanking those people who make sacrifices on on behalf of the rest of us. They do all the things that every good American should do. Plus, they source everything they possibly can from right here in the United States, and for the things that they cannot get here, they use American companies that do the exporting. So they're still using American companies to get the things that can't be brought right here. So, yeah, again, America first all the way around. And the best part, the absolute best part, is the one thing that we tend to overlook when I uh, mentioned uh, Hero Soap. The product's really good. I mean, you'll find a favorite, uh, 
you'll find a favorite. I want to say flavor, but, but they're not flavors if it's not something you can eat, right? You'll find a flavor, favorite fragrance. Yeah, that's the word I should use. And you'll still find others that are really nice. You can sign up for a Sud description and get a major discount. Uh, orders of a certain size get free shipping. And the only thing I'm going to ask from you is what I always ask in this segment of the show, uh, to go to the show description and copy the entire link, paste that into your web browser, and go visit. Just check out what they have. I, I'm not even asking you to make a purchase. Just go check it out. Take a look. If you decide to make a purchase, please do so while you're still using the link or come back. And if for some reason you can't go do that right now, or maybe you're listening on terrestrial radio, you don't see that link, you don't see a show description at all, but you can always come find the podcast somewhere. But if you don't have time for that and you're running around later and, and like hours later you're back home, you're relaxing, you're, you're going through your social media feed, and you're like, hey, yeah, uh, I want to go check out that, uh, that Hero Soap Company. Tim keeps saying a lot of good stuff about it. Maybe it's worth at least checking out. But I still don't know what that link is. Well, easy solution there. Come visit me over at my website. That's tapintothetruth.com. T-A-P-P, into the truth, all one word, dot com. And from there, you'll land on the homepage, just scroll down past recent guests, and you'll start seeing buttons and banners for all kinds of stuff. And if you hit on any of those, it's going to take you places to see stuff that if you make a purchase, it will all go to help support the show. Period. Great stuff that maybe you want, maybe even that you need. And, uh, you know, get that opportunity to hit the trifecta, become a win-win-win. To win for you because you get something that you're after. To win for the company because they're going to have a brand new loyal customer because I promise you, you're going to like the stuff enough that you will come back. And it's a win for me because it helps me to keep the show going just a little bit longer. And uh, I guess really that makes it a quadruple win because it comes back around and it's another win for you, uh, assuming that you're a fan of the show. <coughs> anyway, uh, sorry, that cop just came up out of nowhere. Time for us to get back to the action, shall we? Um, I may sneak in another one if I run out of things to say about this, but I think this being a social issue... It might keep me uh, claiming. Uh, I think most of us have already reached a saturation point with the Will Smith Kid Rock slap. But there was an interesting take here from Whoopi. Uh, and it's not often you'll hear me say interesting and Whoopi Goldberg in the same sentence. So uh, mark it down on the calendar. It's been a good day for AOC. I gave her one prop and then, of course, I took like three and other things and knocked her down, but uh, Whoopi Goldberg, she basically came out and said that the reason that officials at the Academy Award uh, chose not to remove Will Smith from the venue after the events of strolling right on up to Chris Rock and, you know, slapping the dog guano right out of him uh, is because... Well, because Will Smith is a black man. And not just because he's black, but because the folks at the Academy Awards, they didn't want to have to explain why they were kicking out a black man. Now, I, I don't think there's a lot of explanation necessary. You just walked up to a presenter at our award ceremony and you assaulted him. That's why you're being asked to leave. You're 
obviously, clearly not under emotional control right now. Sure, he told a joke that, eh, not that great, but I'm pretty sure, Will, that you were laughing about it before you got up. You were laughing right along with a majority of the crowd until you looked over at Jada and then uh, you saw she wasn't happy and then you were strolling right up to Chris Rock the whole time singing, we don't talk about Jada, no, no, no. We don't talk about Jada. It was the Academy Awards. Chris Rock was keeping it tight with joke after joke after joke. But then he talked about Jada. And I, a few seconds later, had to slap him hard now. Oh, anyway, I'm sorry. Wait. Somebody needs to actually do a good song for that. But, uh, yeah. Instead of we don't talk about Bruno, it's we don't talk about Jada. Anyway, Goldberg, who has hosted the Oscars herself on more than one occasion, I might add. She began her little explanation on Tuesday's broadcast of The View. And uh, she said with Rock and, and the reasons she believed that no one jumped up to make sure that uh, make sure that Chris was okay. She quote uh, said, she said, quote, get that in the right order. It's all of a sudden. Anyway, uh, the reason no one got up to go conf to go comfort Chris is because they weren't going to let anybody else on the stage. They were not going to, now she said, adding, I'm going to tell you the rest of it. Let me finish with this part. They weren't going to let anybody go back. There were people there for Chris. Everybody's aware. The reason people got up and went over to him is because I think a lot of people thought, oh my God, is he having a break? And so do we need to get him out? What do we need to do? Now, she's, of course, saying this about Smith. And then going on to suggest that if they had taken Smith out immediately, it would have complicated matters. Now, the only complication I can see is that a lot of folks, Chris Rock included, probably would have felt a lot safer at that point. Now, i, I got to give full promise. I heard a lot of people trying to to be supportive of Will. It's like, oh, it's so romantic that he got up and defended his wife. Chris Rock told a joke. One that didn't fall into the many cancelable offenses of the left. Chris Rock is somebody that's accustomed to being able to say such things with families like the Smith family because of all the things that he could have been joking about, of all the reasons that could have prompted Will Smith to justifiably get up and go smack him in the mouth, he didn't go anywhere near any of that. And I'm talking about the Babylon Bee. See, the Babylon Bee told a great joke. Their satire. They had one of their headlines out today. Chris Rock smooths things over with Will Smith by having sex with Jada. Now, that's the kind of joke that ought to get you smacked in the mouth. But thing is, it's only satire because that's not what Chris Rock did. In truth, 
they have this relationship that it's not normal. It's, it's not healthy to be married and to still have an open relationship, especially one that seems to really only work for Jada's uh, advantage. I honestly believe that Will Smith loves Jada Pickett Smith wholeheartedly. I do. I also honestly believe that Will Smith knew better than to get up and do that, but only felt prompted to do when he saw the way Jada was reacting to the joke. She didn't like the joke. How dare you crack on me for being bald? Even though, even though earlier in the week she had made the statement that she didn't care who said what about her bald head. They're just going to have to deal with it. Well, Chris Rock was dealing with it. Evidently, Jada's a little more thin-skinned than we'd like to let on. And, you know, I don't know what else going on. It's not a good thing to lose your hair and not have a choice. I mean, if you're making the statement, you know, if that's your hairstyle and you're going to kick it, then you're going to be in a better headspace, and you're probably going to be able to laugh at that joke. In fact, you might even think it's funnier than most of the other people around. But the fact that it was a medical condition and that you were dealing with it, Talking tough is fine, but you got to back that up. I don't care who says what about my bald head. They're just going to have to. Just don't even say that if you don't mean it. And I get you trying to hype yourself up, maybe trying to make yourself believable. But at the end of the day, Will Smith is in a position where he's been whipped to the point that uh, he kind of just has to get up and go do what he's being told. And I really think that came more from Jada than from Will. Now, if I'm wrong about that, then so what? I'm just another guy that's spiffballing here, making all kinds of assertions. But if you do something that abhorrently wrong, that publicly, you've opened the floor to everyone to make the comment. You know, straight up, I think Mike, uh, I think Mike Tyson might have had more to worry about from the Fresh Prince than uh, than we thought initially. But at the end of the day, what you had is a guy who's done some really great work in in the movies. He has. He's done a phenomenal job. A lot of great roles. In fact, one of my favorite roles that he did a really good job, he was barely in the movie, and he was playing Satan. But it was a very subtle, very subtle Prince of Evil. Can't even remember the name of the movie now, but he was barely in it at all, but he was there just enough, and he just did such a great job. And it's not a role you expect from Will Smith. I think that's part of why I liked it, because it was a break from most of the character he's done. He really got to show that he is a legitimate actor. And he did a really good job in uh, King Richard, I think is the name of the movie. Talking about... uh, Richard Williams, uh, Venus, and, uh, you know, Venus Williams and Serena Williams' father. I watched the movie. I I liked Will's performance in it. I was okay with the movie. I wasn't uh, as enamored with it as a lot of folks that I've talked to. And, you know, it's just... I, when I'm watching a movie, I, I really like full escapism now. I, I've gotten to the point where if it's not a good sci-fi or a good horror movie, that I'm probably... 
probably just kind of treading water. You're going to have to be phenomenal to really get me to say a lot. And again, a lot of great performances. I can appreciate the performance, but all that put to the side, this was Will's first opportunity to actually win one of those Oscars. You know, he's been nominated before, but he didn't have a real opportunity. This one, he practically had the stars aligned. He's worthy of the award. But you can't cross that line. But Whoopi Goldberg's excuse here is, is even worse. She said that the reason they didn't go and take him out is because that would have been another 15 to 20 minute explanation of why we're taking the black man out five seconds before they're about to decide whether he's won an Oscar or not. Okay, first of all, Whoopi, they've already decided they don't decide the last second. Uh, you have the nominees. They decide from the nominees, and then you just announce it. The winner is. It's not, uh, the winner might be, the winner might be. Oh, you know what? We just decided. We flipped a coin back here, and uh, Will Smith wins. That's not how that, and Whoopi knows that. So it's a, a poor choice of words, but she knows better. But to say it like that, it's almost as if she thinks the audience doesn't know that. They're about to decide whether he's won an Oscar or not. They, they've already decided. Anyway, she continued by saying, so that's, and I'm going to say I believe Will Packer made the right decision. He said, let's get through the rest of this so we can deal with it wholeheartedly. So that's what went on. This is not the first time craziness has happened on stage, but this is the first time we've seen anybody assault anybody on stage. Now, Sonny Holston actually argued that uh, Chris Rock was still being victimized. Talking about how video of what happened was going to be out there forever. And, you know, that's actually a legitimate point and one of the better ones that Sonny has ever made on the show. So how's that? I get to say something nice about Sonny, too. Uh, who knew that I'd say something good about AOC and Sonny on the same show? She said, the quote, we need to also talk about Chris Rock because what's playing over and over again is his assault. Internationally on television, his family is seeing that. His children are seeing that. He was the victim. Jim Carrey. Even came, uh, and here's one that really uh, I I'm, it makes me feel uncomfortable. I find myself somewhat in agreement because Jim Carrey came out. He said that uh, it was sickening. He said that he was sickened by the spineless Hollywood audience for not only allowing Smith to stay, but for giving him a standing ovation as if nothing had happened when he was announced for Best Actor for King Richard. A little time after that, he also said that if he were a rock, he'd be filing a lawsuit. And you know what? I, I think the real winner of the fight was Chris Rock. Because, you know, he stood there and a lot of people said he was trying to kind of lean into it. But a, a different angle that I've seen kind of shows that he was doing the typical, all right, well, you're about to say something. I want to give you a chance to say what it is probably expecting Will to joke around with him. 
Uh, probably so. I, I really don't think for any second that Chris Rock was expecting to get hit. Or he certainly not hit for real. Maybe a little play act. Maybe something. But it's pretty obvious that this was legit. I, and I know a lot of people are still thinking it was faked or that it was just a, a ploy to try to get ratings. But a stunt like this doesn't help your ratings. The ratings are set. This is a live event. You, you don't get to claim, well, after everybody went back and rewatched a video for Bajigan Times that was taken from it, now that doesn't really help your ratings. And nothing is going to change the fact that this was the second least watched award show from the Academy in history. Although that one clip of Will Smith slapping Chris Rock is probably going to be one of the most played videos of this year. Chris Rock is still the winner of the fight, though, because, number one, he took the shot like a man. He still tried to explain himself like it's an overreaction, dude. I'm not going to overreact. I can tell you're emotional right now, but it was a G.I. Jane joke. And then he tried to blow right back. He, st he tried to, to crack another joke at his own expense. Wow, that was the greatest moment in television history. And then tried to get back to doing the job he was actually there to do, which, in his case, he was there to help present uh, an Academy Award for documentary. He set the example. He took the shot, but he recognized not all was right with Will. But here's the problem circling back around, because I... I didn't I don't really want to delve into it. Everybody's talking about this story. You're getting plenty of coverage of it. I want to focus on what Whoopi Goldberg had to say about it. And ultimately, she admits the part we're not supposed to say. If this was the janitor that had walked up and smacked Chris Rock, he'd have been uh, thrown to the ground and uh, left in zip ties because, you know, in L.A. they don't have handcuffs anymore or some nonsense like that. And... Uh, you know, he'd be under the jail. He'd probably be missing by now. You know, it's like some of Vladimir Putin's enemies. Just uh, once they take you into custody, you're done, son. Uh, that would have been it. I have gotten a kick out of all these folks that are talking about how if instead of Chris Rock, it had been Dwayne The Rock Johnson, then it would have went down very differently. And, yeah, I tend to think that's probably right. Not sure that The Rock would have told the G.I. Jane 2 joke either. But if he had, I'm pretty sure this would have been different. But, but Whoopi says the quiet part out loud this time, and they didn't do it because he was a black man. Not because he was clearly emotionally upset. Not because uh, they knew already that he was about to receive an Oscar, and since it was for Best Actor, they kind of wanted him there to receive it, especially since they can try to manipulate and edit out uh, the domestic uh, footage of the show as it's aired. It being on a delay and all, you know, they do do a lot of editing. That, But here's the thing. It, it was because he was black? 
are we really so far woke now, especially in Hollywood, that you just you don't expect black folk to have to deal with consequences of any kind, even the privileged black folk? And and Will Smith may have come from a place that wasn't particularly privileged. He now lives in a very privileged space, but he's earned it. So I don't hate him for that. I don't have beef with Will Smith. I hate what he did here. I tend to think that this is an expression of his of his frustration. I think it had far less to do with Chris Rock's joke or what's going on with Jada in the moment with her medical condition. I think it has a lot more to do with all of the stress that's been put on him personally and all the clowning he's had to put up with since the acknowledgement of the infidelity. I mean, he basically was forced to jump through hoops and go onto these different podcasts and uh, freely admit that, yeah, it's about this and yeah, it's about love. Dude, at some point, you can love somebody, but if they become toxic to you, you, you got to find a way to break off. It's almost like Will Smith is a battered mate. And again, I don't want to find uh, some reason to excuse his action. It's unexcusable. He should have never done it. I mean, there's been plenty of times when Chris Rock has said something that I'd fall over out of my chair laughing at him. And then other times where he says stuff, because Chris has been known to do full-blown race baiting, especially in more recent years. So there's been those occasions where I felt like walking up to him and just giving him a smack. It's like, dude, that's just so wrong. You're making things worse. Pow. But if I was there in person and had the opportunity where nobody was going to stop me, I still wouldn't. That's not how you deal with these situations. It's not a healthy thing. But is it really so simple that they didn't want to be seen taking a black man out? Is it really boiled down? Because I know the left thinks everything is about race. I tend to think that they also knew that it was like, what, the very next segment where they were giving out the Best Actor Award? That it, it was within minutes that he was getting his standing ovation. So much so that some people were probably confused. Are we clapping because he hit the other guy? I hadn't seen the movie. I, I, could it be that good? Venus and Serena Williams, uh, can you make a movie about that? Is it, the answer to there is yes. The, the movie... Again, not my favorite, but it wasn't bad. I'm not, I'm not knocking the movie. I just, I think uh, of some of the performances I've seen from Will Smith, that that's the one that finally went to an Oscar. I think that maybe that was a makeup call. <laughs> I'm just, but he did a great job. Again, don't get me wrong. I, I really, I really don't, I really did like his performance. I just, the the movie itself was, yeah, I can take it or leave it. That's all. I, I didn't see it as being as great as a lot of people did. I don't think I'm the only one that feels that way. Just maybe one of the few with enough guts to admit it publicly. But uh, wherever it falls. The, the sad part here is I, I would like to think that there's a lot of other reasons. But Whoopi might actually be right on this. They may be just so woke in Hollywood at this point that it's just that simple. 
Will Smith gets to get away with it because he's black. And only there will only be further action taken if the public outcry, if the Twitter mob decides to start siding with Chris Rock, starts saying how wrong this was, and then there's a really good chance, although, I, again, I, I'm not sure if they even have uh, a function in place within the rules and bylines, but they've announced that they're looking at it and everything's on the table. There is a real possibility that the Academy may very well take the Oscar away from Will, and it would be a shame that it happened under this, especially since he's been waiting so long to get one, and he's earned one. Now, granted, he never should have gotten an Oscar for Men in Black, but I love the Men in Black movies. He should not get an Oscar for Gemini Man, but I really enjoyed Gemini Man. I mean, all the plot holes and everything. It was just a fun action movie. He's done some stuff. I mean, Six Degrees of Separation was was Oscar-worthy. Not one of my favorite movies. In fact, it's been so long, I don't think I could really tell you very much about it. But all that aside, this is still going to come down to the court of public opinion. The Academy doesn't care. They want to sweep it under the rug and move forward. And part of it, if not all of it, is because Whoopi being right. They don't want to be seen punishing a black man, especially just a couple of years removed from Oscars so white. Which is also part of the reason why there's so few people watching. You keep making about stuff other than awards for the industry, people tune out. And now we consume our movies and television in such such radically new ways, thanks to streaming services. You may not have an out to get back in. You can drop all your political nonsense tomorrow, and I still don't know that you're going to get your ratings back. It may be too late for that, but you should do the right thing. Will Smith should face some repercussions for this action, other than uh, some memes that keep showing up that mostly hurt Chris Rock more than it's going to hurt Will Smith. I guess that's the question. Feel free to reach out to me on social media and tell me what you think. Is the reason Will Smith was not removed just because he was a black man? In the meanwhile, that's going to have to be it for tonight. As always, thank you so very much for being here. I greatly appreciate it. Remember, don't take my word for it. Definitely, definitely don't take their word for it. Be prepared to put in some effort and, most importantly, use your brain if you really want to tap into the truth. Oh, yeah, and uh, hey, Biden. This is Tim Tapp. Let's go, Brandon. Hey. Let's go, Brandon. Hey. Let's go, let's go. Hey.
control is using both hands. Founders knew the Second Amendment was the final one to keep. To hold our other rights intact so we'd never become sheep. Is using both hands Well I prefer the 308 to the tiny 223 Gives me more than a thousand yards to protect my family Using both hands. <laughs>